Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, and welcome to the second episode of The School for Dumb Women. Hooray! Yay! If you listened to our first episode, you'll already know our hosts. But if you didn't listen, or you've just forgotten, because you find it hard to remember women's names, I'm your host woman, Hannah Varrell, and with me are my co-host, special occasion waxer, Alexandra Haddo. Hi, Hannah. Just back from holidays, so, uh, you know, cleared for landing. Plane didn't fall out the sky, and you'll know why if you listened to episode one. Glad to hear it. And actually hoovered her bathroom this week, role model Caroline O'Donoghue. Thank you, Hannah. I am a role model and I did hoover up some very troubling things. At the School for Dumb Women, we attempt to shed light on the subjects that you're too proud to admit you know nothing about. I'm attending the School for Dumb Women because I don't know whether next Thursday means Thursday this week or Thursday next week. I'm attending the School for Dumb Women because I suspect I'm committing tax evasion and I don't know what to do about it. And I'm here because I couldn't get on the guilty feminist. (laughs) Okay, let's start the show. I like that you hoover rather than sweeping. You know, I sweep, then I hoover, because I do it so rarely that Whoa. I need to... I, this is kind of a many-staged process. So actually, the hoovering thing about my bathroom is quite a, an issue in my home, because my, my boyfriend likes to um, talc every morning. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you married to a granddad? Gavin, yeah, if no. you're listening, I hope you're talc like, literally, as you're <laughs> Winter, summer, like... Whatever, whatever's happening whether he's cycling to work or whether he's not he has to talk every morning so like seriously my bathroom looks like Scarface's living room it's so it's so white everywhere so I have to like I have to like seriously keep up with my bathroom maintenance if I don't like want to worry it's people it's just what talky dust everywhere so how unsettling um, <laughs> on with the show so on this week's podcast our lessons are chemistry biology and IT, or information technology. Oh, there goes the bell of academic clarity. Let's get our learning on. (laughs) Caroline, you're going to tell us about candles, right? I am going to tell you about candles this week. And do you know, I love, I love a candle. (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) Who doesn't love a candle? I feel Mm. like I've loved candles, like, very definitively through every stage of my life. I feel like when I was a kid, you know, you're putting your fingers in the wax and, like, having your harden on your finger Mm. or whatever. That's cool. Yeah. And then when when you're a bit older, you go through a bit of a witchy phase and you're sort of, like, burning candles in your wardrobe. I never had that. I think generally if you've had a bit of a kind of a weird witchy phase as a teen, you've probably had a bit of a candle phase. Mm. Remember, Ms. Magazine would always be like, if you want to do the spell, like, get a a purple (laughs) candle and you crush his hair. And then you'd be like, I've got to find a purple candle. Um, and most importantly, cut Eamon's hair. <laughs> Hello, Eamon. <laughs> Eamon. 
<laughs> my uh, girlhood crush when I was into witches. But anyway, so that all led into this candle phase. Now I'm still a big buyer of candles. Um, I think me and Hannah, we actually formed our friendship by walking to Muji to buy candles. That's when I got into candles. <laughs> yeah, that was We've been buying like the three for four pounds or four for three in, in I, yeah, Muji. Yeah, it was, I think they've got more expensive than I, they're like a five an hour for the little tin candles. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the perfect... Um, sort of equilibrium of they're like they're better than like a fucking airwick candle or yeah. whatever but they're not like a Joe time. Malone candle they're mm-hmm. like, yeah. like a bit, of, bit of a treat going home like oh yeah. I'm going to smell like a Japanese forest except yeah. with less radiation poisoning that's so true yeah. they smell expensive in Japanese yeah and they yeah. look kind of very like design as yeah well, don't they like tin they're like those perfume samples that you get of Chanel because you can't afford the full bottle but it's like yeah oh. when you rip them out of a magazine yeah <laughs> in the airport rip, rubbing it on yourself before a date <laughs> um, so I mean it's all agreed we all love candles for various degrees of time Mm -hmm. what is a candle? (laughs) a candle is a wax pole what's wax? bees? solid fats it was fats originally wasn't it? it was fats originally so getting close history of candles let me get into it (laughs) Simon Sharma over there (laughs) (laughs) candles are old as fuck um, they, <laughs> they, um, they started kind of like Egyptians Roman time I mean that that all works with wow. the aesthetic doesn't it yeah, yeah, yeah like true, yeah. temples sacrifices mm. invasion Cleopatra yeah snakes like yeah. it's all all part of the candle aesthetic isn't it Indiana Jones <laughs> and the temple of candles yeah and so, <laughs> so the kind of wicked candle was developed by dipping like rolls of papyrus in melted tallow or beeswax oh. and the resulting candles were used in home and also to aid travellers at night. I have a question already. Mm. What's the difference between a candle and a torch? Like one of those old-fashioned torches um, with stuff oh, wrapped on the end. I thought you meant an electric one. I was like, Hannah, <laughs> quite a lot. I'm going to say... I mean, I'm, I'm going to say it's one of those things like it's the difference between steps and stairs. Sure. So, you know, like... Um, steps are outside but if you put those steps inside they become stairs ah. or that's what I've been told but also I think it's like when, when, a, when, a, when a candle is moving it's a torch <laughs> when it's stationary it's a candle yeah, but I think a torch is like when you know is it Brendan O'Neill in The Mummy where you know like he wraps his shirt around Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Brendan who's Brendan O'Neill I think I might have gone to school with him or is it that man <laughs> that plays the priests in all the Irish films uh, you know like when he wraps his shirt around a pole and then puts paraffin on it and then sets fire to it yeah. that's a torch no that's, that's what I'm saying though. a sexy scene that is a sexy scene isn't it but why Rachel is a candle Weiss? not just called a small torch because candles um, are inherently to do with wax mm. And okay. a, tor- a torch might be like some burning reeds or, in your oh, case, so Brendan yeah, Fraser's yeah. shirt. <laughs> um, I've got a question, though. What? Where does the wax go? I'm glad you asked. Mm. So I remember when we were having this conversation first, it was very much like, okay, so we all have candles in our house and maybe there's like four burning at once and then on special occasions. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, where does the like wax go? Does it go into the air? Do you have this like weird, fatty, waxy air? Mm. I remember reading somewhere that the Danish craze Huga is yeah. responsible for yeah people getting like waxy houses and possibly waxy lungs. Seriously. So um, according to the science that I have looked up, that's a piece of shit. Fine, <laughs> um, but interesting nonetheless. Um, I'm going to use some science words now. Are we all ready for a science word or two? Hang on, mm-hmm. I am 
trying to make myself as smart as I possibly can, aka an average man. Alex's head is blowing up slowly. I'm ready. Inflating. I'm ready. Good. So, um, within every candle, there's there are hypocarbon molecules that burn completely. When you light a candle, wax near the wick melts into a liquid. The heat of the flame then vaporizes the wax molecules until they react with the oxygen in the air. The wax is consumed through a capillary action, which is a kind of a physics term for when, like, the spontaneous flow of liquid through, like, a tube kind of thing. So it's, like, drawn in. Yeah, so, like, drawn in, exactly. Um, And the air is grand, don't worry about the air, because when... (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. Because when a candle is burning steadily with, like, a teardrop-shaped flame, combustion is extremely efficient, it becomes... um, carbon dioxide and water so it vaporizes immediately and it's not going into your lungs but I was really happy to see online that lots of people are worried about this too about the waxy lung which does sound like a medieval or a Shakespearean insult Mm. you waxy lunged fool (laughs) it does and then it'd be like in the glossary in the side and be like in Shakespearean times a waxy lung (laughs) Um, but that's not even like the most interesting thing I found out about candles that's just like a beginner course because that was actually quite dry what I just told you Really it just made me think was- how can you be religious because science is in everything guys. <laughs> it's in everything <laughs> lots of candles in churches too mm. so um, controversial you know I mean clearly you've heard about paraffin paraffin was um, sort of the invention that sort of really brought candles into the mainstream I'm with you because because before that um it was all animal fats or whatever, or beeswax. And obviously that's incredibly expensive. Um, so paraffin was invented in 1830 by a German chemist called Karl von Reichenbeck. Oh. Um, and yeah, basically he managed to separate the waxy substances from petroleum. So this guy is like a super, like, you know, well-respected mm. scientist. He's in all the, like, the, the scientific organisations of the day. Like, he's very esteemed. He's also a fucking nut job. Really? As you would expect from someone who's super into candles. He's a yeah. nut job. <laughs> oh, Carl, fucking candle mad. <laughs> candle mad Carl. Um, so, yeah, he, li- like, he lives, like, super long. He, like, he lives until his 80s. But um, he spends the last 30 years of his career um, with his theory that is called the Odic Force. Ooh, sounds a bit Greek. Mm. It does, it does. Um, I think, I think Carl might have been into eugenics. Oh, God. Because in his early career, he was like really obsessed with like creating a new German nation. Which we've heard before. Mm. I mean, this is Ding obviously who is you know, this reminiscent yeah. of? And obviously, this was a hundred years like before Hitler. So yeah. he's really like. Sorry, no, we can hear that. Can you? <laughs> Just feeling a bit dry. For the listeners at home, Caroline is moisturising herself <laughs> and also wearing a swimming costume because this room is the hottest room in London. Um. So. Yeah, Carl got um, really into this thing he made up called the Odic Force. Um, which is, is he kind of, the prototype for a Bond villain? Yes! Yeah. Like yeah, he no. He kind of is, yeah. The inventor of candles is also a Bond villain. And um, he, uh, the Odic Force was kind of like, um, do you know in sort of Asian religions you get like the chi or the kind of um, the sort of spirit kind of thing? Oh, yeah. mm. It's kind of like... Um, Kind of like a, a, a separate energy force that exists outside of you, and he sort of described yeah. it like um, like modern people would describe auras. So, like you know, oh, it's like a thing that you can see, like an energy you can see around things, mm. and some people can see it, and some people can't. And he basically spent he ruined his scientific credibility. Like he's the guy who invented paraffin for fuck's sake, which yeah, is like revolutionized. Big. 
the 20th century, really. And he got completely discredited because he just wouldn't stop going on about the Odic Force. And the most tragic thing about the Odic Force is that he admitted himself to not even being able to see it. Oh, so he fought his whole oh. life for a thing he didn't even see. Like that's not very German of him. No, everything else very German. He was like he was like women race. and children can see it, but I can't. Oh, so he's a bit of a feminist, was old Carl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said with um with some work with the, with um with massive work um up to a third of the human population would be able to see the Odic Force. As a kind of an aside, I'm almost done candles, but I've always been a bit obsessed with ear candles. What do you mean? Oh, that take this is on the earwax subject of last week. Yes. Oh. I think it's going to be a reoccurring theme on this podcast. <laughs> what do you mean, ear candles? I feel like every time we're gonna break up an ear gross thing, you're gonna be like, what's that? And we're I gonna be like, ears. what? <laughs> I don't have Do you have ears? I have. And do you know what? They're so itchy all of the time inside. Because you don't clean them with Maybe. your ear candle. Mm. So um have you ever lived in a dodgy part of South London where you live near a Chinese chemist? Yes. Well, have you ever looked in the window and seen somebody lying down with an ear a candle coming out of their ear? Yes, I have. That's an ear uh, candle. You're looking at an ear candle. Wow, that has been in my consciousness the whole time. And you've not think, thought like, what's that candle doing in that woman's ear? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of weird shit on those. There's, there is a lot of weird shit Cupping. on there. Um, so ear candling Backly. is like a kind of a weirdly controversial practice in that um, some pe- people who love it, like really love it. Um, and it's like, they, usually you just lie down, kind of a, a, I mean, a candle goes in your ear. <laughs> Right. Um, it's made of it's hollow, right? It's kind it of is, made of it paper is, and it's yeah, hollow. It is kind of like a... Yeah, it is hollow. I don't think it's made of traditional wax. And they just burn it down and then you cut open the ear candle and then all your wax is in there. But does it really? melt... Does it melt inside the ear and then come out and then solidify or does it just kind of like go... I think it drains it out. That's the idea. It's sort of Ooh. like the heat. The heat is sort of like pulling it out. I was going to say because it must be going against gravity. What? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me and it still doesn't. And it's like this weirdly controversial thing because basically every ear doctor ever is like, don't do this. <laughs> Please don't do this. Like, we know you don't listen to us about cleaning your ears with cotton buds, yeah. but you must listen to us about the candle thing. It is just <laughs> bullshit. Please stop doing it. The guy that made up the no smaller than your elbow thing must be like, nobody believes me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, chill out. <laughs> Got your elbow thing again, do you? Yeah. You love talking about that one. Um, so I spent the greater part of this afternoon looking at ear candling videos. Um, I don't know anything more about ear candles. I just recommend you do it. Oh, well, I want to have a go. I want to see what comes out of your ears, having never cleaned them once in your life. Alex, I have cleaned my ears, just surface, with, it seems. With, only with your finger, though, you gross bitch. <laughs> yeah, I know, but my <laughs> fingers are very small and nimble. <laughs> you do have small hands. I do. I've got big hands. What, how are your hands? Small. Yeah, I, I had to stop playing piano because I could only just... I could, oh. Well, I've got I quite big, get to the octave. big, meaty hands, so I could never get my hands inside my ears. <laughs> I feel like Gwyneth Paltrow would embrace both the Odic, the Odic Force... And ear candling. And ear candling. Mm. Yeah, maybe she can create a new techno-religion out of both. Yeah. Well, that's goop, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so that's candles. <laughs> I feel like that was quite a well-organised segment on candles. Thank you, Hannah. You're... That means a lot to me. Good. Wow, we've really civilised after that candle discussion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well I done, I appreciate your that you're a woman who supports other women. Despite where you are, you haven't yeah. dragged up the ladder behind you. No, no, and I'm that's not going to up the ladder. You're going to be a dumb woman. I'm not strong enough. She's put- <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like we're all pretty smart about candles now. Um, let's move on to our Women Who Code Mixer. Oh, Woo! the mixer's here. It's my favourite thing every week. 
So in our first mixer, we learned the basics of how to code with JavaScript. We used args, square brackets, semicolons, and I think you both did really well. Thank you, Han. I coded my own hair to plait itself. That's the purpose of coding. As a woman. <laughs> so this week, we're getting a bit deeper into the topic, and we're going to learn about something called web stacks. Ooh. Uh-huh. So a web stack is a collection of software required for web development. Are you with me? I web develop all the time. Do you? I, I tweet my feelings and I feel <laughs> developed afterwards. I thought you meant you were developing the internet by <laughs> tweeting your feelings there. I think I'm adding to the internet when I do that. Yeah, you are, yeah. I think it's... You bloody are. It's, I have to hear women's voices. Adam. Well, of course. <laughs> you won't hear them in real life. You'll be leaning out. So a web stack is basically Squarespace, no? A web stack is a collection of things that make a website work. Oh. Oh. Apart from Squarespace. Uh, Let's take a commonly used web stack, LAMP, as an example. To work, LAMP needs an operating system, a web server, a relational database management system, and an object-oriented scripting language. What? I understand everything you just said, and I have all of those things with me right now. So for today's Women Who Code, I'm giving you an activity. We're all going to create our own web stacks. Caroline, do you want to start us off? What does your web stack look like? My, my web stack. I looked and I made a list of what my web stack looks like. Uh, there is a bit of a, like a yellow top on mm-hmm. the John Lewis website. I had that bookmarked for a while. Uh, <laughs> Followed you around the internet. There's an illegal stream about a, a film about a dead ballet dancer that I've been meaning to watch and I haven't watched. <laughs> There's a piece in The New Yorker I've never read, but I think that maybe I'll be smart enough to read one day. And there's a recipe for a smoky cheese pasta bag. Ooh. I don't know what this is. This is um my web stack. Is that just your bookmarks? Yeah. <laughs> is that the same? Thing? Uh, is that the no, same? Not quite. Alex, what's your web stack? <laughs> web stack, baby web stack. <laughs> web stack, baby web stack. <laughs> Web stack, baby. I don't understand any of this. Okay, well, let me tell you about my web stack. Um, I'm a Libra, so my web stack could be really well balanced. It's just in my nature. It's oh, my optic. Go f- good for you, babe. Optic mm. aura. It's really... <laughs> your, your od- what was it again? I forgot what it's called again. Yeah, Odic. Odic force. Odic force. Odic. Okay. Like I brought to the table. what it's called. And then I'm just going to take the most important aspect of a web stack the operating system. Uh, so my operating system is mostly just the sniff test. Um, but recently, I've developed separate laundry baskets for whites and colours, which I think is really advanced operating. Ah, so basically, so if you were good. a website, you'd be like a smug blog. Yeah. I gotcha. So it's basically like the mechanics behind a website. I think <laughs> we can all agree that everyone can put all of that information immediately out of their minds. <laughs> so I think we all have really good web stacks overall. Yeah, I think mine is the best. Yeah. I love lamp. So Hannah, you were really excited last week about caterpillars. I was. Tell me why. Well, Caroline, why don't you tell me how a caterpillar works? How does it turn into a butterfly? It eats a lot. There's a picture book. (laughs) I have a book at home about this. It eats a shitload. Right. Just binges yeah. the fuck out of it. 
and then it becomes a a, a bubble and <laughs> like a thing, a gross bubble, a gross bubble, a liquidy bubble, and then after a while, it's a butterfly. Okay. Right. I don't know what's happening in there, but I'd love for you to tell me. Aha. Well, Alex, what do you reckon? Have you have anything I to add? I think that maybe inside the caterpillar, when it's a caterpillar, just going about its business, looking at the butterflies, thinking, I wish I could be one of those guys. I reckon there's maybe two secret pods, wing Ooh. pods, and maybe the gooey bubble emerges. It allows the wings to emerge. That's act- That's pretty good. I've I've not cheated, I promise. That's pretty good because the wings are in there. Oh, the the whole time. Uh, in some in some species. Oh, mm. well, get into it, man. Uh, well, okay. I should explain that the reason I wanted to do caterpillars in the first place was that I saw an article on Motherboard, which is like the science vice. Cool. You know, you ever read that? Um, I've read the headlines and then bookmarked them. It's pretty clever. That's because you're a dumb woman. <laughs> dumb. Woman. This was the dumbest thing on there, so that's why I understood it. Okay. Um, so I saw this article about caterpillar conga lines, which is Whoa. a thing that a certain type of caterpillar does in order to make sure they all kind of get to the same place where they can pupate, which is when they turn into a butterfly. Pupate is a very satisfying word. Yeah, it's it is. great, isn't pupate. it? Pupate. Um, so instead of like holding hands, obviously, they release pheromones from their bums so the caterpillar <gasps> behind them can like smell them. And they're going to follow them. <laughs> so, so they just basically is. fart their way to friends. <laughs> well, it is, because you said last week the human centipede, it just is. <gasps> I mean, like, so the human mouths. centipede is a documentary <laughs> <laughs> about caterpillars. I mentioned that on a date once and he looked disgusted, but he still paid for my fish pie. <laughs> it was a Monday. Carry on. I'm oh, proud yeah. of you for ordering a fish pie on a date. I know, that's what my friend said, but oh, I didn't, oh, I wasn't really bothered about it. Because they're so creamy and they're so heavy that you, you're definitely not going to shag after a fish no, pie. No, it feels too, I, too stodgy. I did not want to love make. Oh, were you just, were you being a dinner whore? I, a semi. <laughs> I, uh, I decided, he'd asked me out for a while and I thought, he's a nice guy. But we went out on a Monday and there was no one else in the restaurant, so I thought, sod it, I'm getting the fish pie. <laughs> you know? He mentioned two girls, one cup. That was fine. Then I mentioned the human centipede. How and he is that acceptable? Disgusted. That's literally sexism. I know. Yeah. He was like, I can't believe you mentioned that. I was like, well, you just mentioned two girls, one cup. Well, yeah, like, which is worse. Human centipede for all of its failings. Like, it was a film in theatres. Like, it wasn't some gross internet thing. Yeah, poo porn. Yeah. I mean, they're both kind of poo porn in a way, aren't they? Yeah, but, that's I mean, true. that's his, his one's way worse. That guy's sexist, and I bet he's a terrible shag anyway. Well, I wouldn't know. I'm glad. Thank mm-hmm. you. So, <laughs> you get these really long lines of caterpillars. There can be up to 300 caterpillars in this big long line at one time, all going to the same place. Kind of like salmon, I guess. Like single file? Yeah, single file. So then a French entomologist, which is a person who studies insects, did some experiments and he got one of these conga lines and he put them in a circle. So the caterpillar at the start followed the caterpillar at the end. And he wanted to see how many minutes it would take them to realise they were all going in a big circle. They weren't going anywhere anymore. How long do you reckon it took them? Ooh, oh, I think days. It's either going to be incredibly short or incredibly long. Um, I'm going to go with incredibly long. Like nine days. Yeah, more than a week. <gasps> more than a week. And what? they weren't even like eating or stopping or sleeping. They're You'd just be walking so in a pissed off at him, wouldn't you? <laughs> 
It's like when you're trying, to walk, when you're trying to walk to a car park after a festival's over. Yeah. Like it's taking forever. We saw that car 45 minutes ago. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I'm so pissed for those caterpillars. I know. Are those what caterpillars... Did they start dying after that? Well, I mean, I guess so. They must have just been like, I physically can't walk anymore. And then one of them stopped and then they all stopped. And then they were like, we're in the same place. We're not on our pupation site. Pupation site. <laughs> can't pupate here. <laughs> can't pupate there. So what does, it, what does it take to pupate? So that was a good link, Caroline. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so... What they do when they pupate, when they turn from a caterpillar into a butterfly, um, they turn into soup. Like, Sorry? They literally... There's, <laughs> so they're inside this hard shell, the uh-huh. cocoon. Inside the shell, they dissolve. But wait a minute. How do they get in the shell? Where does the shell come from? Okay, so basically a caterpillar egg is born on the bottom of a leaf. And after a couple of days, it hatches and a little caterpillar comes out and it eats everything but not like apples and shit like the very hungry caterpillar right um it just eats leaves just leaves oh that that would be a way less good book yeah i think gwyneth paltrow just eats leaves as well (laughs) maybe she will pupate one day we can only hope it does seem like what she's going for she will one day pupate yes Mm. she will one day fly away and then she'll make you feel guilty for not pupating yes (laughs) i did learn they are hungry because they can eat up to their body weight in leaves which seems like a lot. I mean, I'm sure Gwyneth can do that, but I can't. It me. Mm. <laughs> so they grow into an adult caterpillar in a couple of weeks. And then when they're an adult caterpillar and they think it's time to turn into a butterfly, they um, find a nice leaf and they attach it to the leaf using like a weird hook thing mm. uh, called a cremaster that's on the bottom of their bum or something. And then they shed their outer skin like a snake. Ooh. And then the soft skin inside that goes hard. And that's the cocoon. Whoa! Yeah. Wow. So this is the bit that I found really interesting. They're inside their cocoon, which is just their inside skin gone hard. And then they an enzyme is released, which dissolves them. So it dissolves like various muscles and bits and pieces. And some bits stay in shape. So like, I don't know, some eye organs, it's kind of like stem cells. So like the wings, the wing bits will stay there and will develop. And they kind of use this melted muscle soup to fuel the creation of the butterfly body. Do you feel like caterpillars are going to be used to like regrow limbs one day in humans? Yeah, I was just thinking that it sounds like something they're going to put into moisturiser in, in like a few months. You know what I mean? It'll Q-tip be the new like, caterpillar yeah. Of yeah. It'll be like the new bee pollen or whatever. Once they learn how to isolate it, it's yeah. going to be like yeah, exactly. all up in your moisturiser. Isn't that just yeah. mad? That's disgusting. That's yeah. fully mad and disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently there's some controversy about this. I should, so I should put a disclaimer in. Scientists don't like it being called caterpillar soup. Because that makes it sound like you can stir it around and it's like not organised, but it is organised. <laughs> that is such a scientist thing to get pissed off about. <laughs> you can't season it, therefore it's not a soup. I, I know we're only like two episodes into this podcast, but what I'm learning is that whatever subject you choose, no matter how obscure it is, there's going to be a fight about it somewhere online. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, actually. Basically, yeah. Um, but I just think it kind of is a soup. It's soup enough. I'm going to call it a soup. It's more interesting. Yeah, and delicious. Yeah. Yeah, does it all happen at once or are they just like, ah, the right arm's gone. <laughs> Goopy. 
<laughs> it must be terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. You're literally melting inside a carcass of your own skin. Ugh. Like when you think about how scary puberty is and you've got all the books and stuff to tell you what's going on there. Yeah. Like imagine being a caterpillar. Yeah. Just m- yourself melting. Yeah. And you've done it intentionally. And the hungry caterpillar is like the fucking Bible. It's not true. It tells you all this like gl- glorious little story. Unrealistic no. body goals for caterpillars. Mm. Well, this. <laughs> Those it's caterpillars like, are not beach body ready. It's like skinny girls on Instagram who are like, I'm going to eat this whole burger. And you're like, no, you're not. You've taken a picture of it. That's, you're going to eat ex- all the leaves. You're going to eat your body weight in leaves. <laughs> that's exactly the relationship caterpillars have to the very hungry caterpillar. <laughs> that is their skinny girl on Instagram. Yes, <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, so then they become a butterfly and they, when they're ready, the cocoon kind of hatches, it breaks apart. They kind of shimmy it off. There's a great video I've seen of a caterpillar shimmying off. It's and how long cocoon. are they in the soup cocoon? Two weeks. Oh, longer than I thought. So what's the entire lifespan of a caterpillar? Two. Oh, like a month or something? Not long. Rubbish. Uh, yeah, not a long A menstrual at all. cycle. But once it's a butterfly, okay, this is the last thing we're going to tell you about pupation. Um, it's... Uh, it comes out, but it's kind of gloopy still because it's been in its tiny... Oh, God. Oh, it's like undercooked. <laughs> yeah. So what it does, it has to pump itself up to get the wings out. What? So it what, takes air? no, it takes like meconium, which in a human means poo. Uh, in a butterfly, I don't know. I guess it's leftover juice, and it pumps it into its wings. So then the wings kind of expand and and fill out. <laughs> so your arms are full of your, shit. Your to, face, if Caroline. It's a human. <laughs> your arms are full of shit, and then when the wings are out, it pumps it back into its body, but it leaves a bit which dries out and becomes like the bones of the wings. And then it can fly away and shag and have more caterpillar babies. But then don't butterflies only live for a day? No, I think it's some Uh, butterflies. I think no, I think maybe a bit. They go through all that. that. It's like, oh, what a great day, dead. It's so weird when you think about all those girls that you've seen who've got butterfly tattoos. It's like that's gross. Yeah, Yeah, you've got shit wings on your ankle. (laughs) (laughs) Puts its own shit in its wings for that love. (laughs) Enjoy your holiday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Should we move on to Alex's lesson? 
Hello. <laughs> Allow me to introduce my lesson, which I'm reading on my phone. How did I get it on my phone? I emailed it to myself. What did I use to email it to myself? Wi-Fi. That's right, guys, because nobody answered. <laughs> I put my hand up, but... She did put her hand up. I just stared at you blankly like an adoring dog. Well, yes, thank you. <laughs> Don't we all use Wi-Fi in the modern age every day, correct? Correct. Yes. We use it to order takeaways. Praise. <laughs> we use it to send emails. We use it to post pictures of ourselves with unrealistic body goals like caterpillars. <laughs> we use it for everything, guys. Am I right? You're yes. right. Correct. Now, what is Wi-Fi, though? Why do I have to log in with a little code of letters and numbers? And when then suddenly, why does the information come through to me? Well, what do you think? Wi-Fi is a box in my home that has four green lights. Why is everything in your home? <laughs> because that's how I relate to the world. I'm a freelancer. I know nothing aside from what's in my flat. Uh, it has four green lights. When one of those lights goes orange, it means the Wi-Fi is down and I reset it. And if I don't, if that doesn't work, then I cry. And then I can't work that day. Okay. Well, that's a very dumb woman explanation of Wi-Fi. So mm. thank you, Caroline. Hannah, you're our only salvation now. I'm going to channel my inner smart woman. Come on. Um, it's all about zeros and ones going across. Binary. I've heard of this. Binary. Uh, that's going like across. code. It is code. Yeah, it's code. It is yeah. code. Yeah. But that's all is Wi-Fi code? It sort of. No, it's not. Oh. But the zeros and ones go across radio waves oh here we go oh ding, it's ding. definitely radio yeah. is like the the drunk uncle of wi-fi right? yes yeah. it's basically the hot young nsync to radio waves is backstreet boys okay sure but i'm gonna leave you in suspense for a moment because i want to ask you one more question before i explain exactly what it is what do you think it stands for wi-fi yeah well wireless is surely the why finformation <laughs> Yes, yeah, so that's exactly <laughs> Wireless what it information. is. It's a silent F. <laughs> yes, I thought it was just what I had to think about it. I thought it was just wireless fi. <laughs> <laughs> My wireless fi. And uh, I read this article. It might be bullshit, but I am going to take it as read because it's on the internet and the Wi-Fi is the internet, if you think about it. So it mm. must be true. It says there are a number of theories about what the term means, as if it's some kind of ancient biblical text. It was only invented like... 50 years ago. Yep. Um, no, but the most widely the most <laughs> widely accepted definition for the term in the tech community is wireless fidelity. We invented it like 20 years what ago. How is there confusion as to what it is? I don't know. But firstly, they don't have a fucking clue what it is. <laughs> and then secondly, does this mean like when your Wi-Fi drops, it's having a fucking affair? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? That's mad because someone invented it. Surely. Recently, in living memory. Yeah. I know that Tim Berners-Lee invented alive. the internet, but maybe Wi-Fi, I don't know. Essentially, Wi-Fi is a fantasy radio. So, the wireless network works as a two-way traffic. The data received from the internet will also pass through the router to be coded into a radio signal that will be received by the computer's wireless adapter. Thingy we're nodding together. like we're following. Yeah. Nodding dogs. <laughs> so... Like mobile phones, a Wi-Fi network makes use of radio waves to transmit information across a network. The computer should include a wireless adapter that will translate data sent into a radio signal. This same signal will be transmitted via an antenna to a decoder known as the router. 
You all know what a router is, don't you guys? Uh-huh. That's the box that has the green lights. Correct. Yeah, and sometimes orange. Yeah. Exactly. Once decoded, the data will be sent to the internet through a wired Ethernet connection. Now, I did type in, but how do these turn into pictures on my screen? <laughs> Nobody knows. I think it's the same person that invented the wireless fidelity bollocks. And uh, we're going to go to an expert here. He is called Edgar Figueroa. And he is the Wi-Fi Alliance CEO. <laughs> it's getting more and more like a cult, guys. It turns out candles are really scientific, even though they're always in a church. But Wi-Fi is some kind of religious <laughs> mystery. Um, and he says the reason why a wireless network is good and why you need to put a password in is there's another security feature called Advanced Encryption Standard. It was developed by the US government to keep data safe as it transmits from one device to the other. Every instance of every communication that goes over Wi-Fi is exclusive in that it's encrypted and only the two parties involved understand it. So you can only transmit the information between you if you're on the same wireless network. Because the signals are going across and over and under and everywhere with each other all the time. And the only thing that decodes it is the fact that you've put the password in to your specific tunnel. So you've got the key. And a room full of keys like in Harry Potter and you've got that one. Yes, it's exactly that. But why, how come sometimes sometimes you go into like a cafe that Anan owns and like her son has set up the Wi-Fi for her and she's not put a password on it yet. So you go in there and you rinse it for hours. Ah, but you're There's still no on it. Yeah. You're still on the same one. So it's less secure, but you are on the same radio wave as everyone else on that network. But why isn't, because you know when you have like walkie talkies, you get interference and sometimes you can hear like car, car radios and stuff. Mm-hmm. Why does the same thing not happen with Wi-Fi? Like you're just Googling caterpillars and then suddenly well, something about um, optic auras. I've got that wrong again, haven't I? The odic aura. Odic. Odic. Odic force. Force. And then, yes, yeah, so then something about the odic force comes up. Well, I'm glad you asked, Hannah, because once that data is flying through the air, your dirty text to someone or similar... In radio waves, it's subject to interference, victimised by everything from other Wi-Fi signals to radio waves emitted by microwave ovens to cement walls. don't know why that happens. What? Oh, as in, because if you're... Sometimes a wall can actually stop your Wi-Fi signal. Not stop it, but weaken it. Right. So that's where Wi-Fi's two frequencies, 2.4 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz, come in. Wi-Fi can broadcast on both frequencies, a benefit that helps its signal cut through all the noise and deliver a fast, strong signal from your wireless router. To your computer. But the last thing I'd like to have a little moan about with Wi-Fi is that it says here, the major advantage of Wi-Fi is that it is compatible with almost every operating system, game device, an advanced printer. Now I'm calling bullshit on the advanced <laughs> printer because Wi-Fi literally only works on about 18% of printers and even then it chooses the one in the office that it wants and everyone has to send that person their boarding passes for their flights and their CV to <laughs> print me. out at work. It is you! <laughs> it's Hannah in our office. It's the only, the printer has chosen her and her mm. alone. I am the anointed one. Yeah, you are. Do you feel like, why do you think that is? Do you think you're just the most noble I think because someone else set it up for me. Was it a man? No, it was Liz. Oh, Liz. Oh, Liz, Liz is a smart woman. Yeah. Like Liz can code. Liz can so actually smart. can code. So why are printers so shit? I don't know. Maybe they have a lot of interference or maybe they just haven't made printers that are good enough for Wi-Fi yet. I don't know. But mainly, mainly I think that it's that printers have their own brain and they are at the Agreed. forefront of AI. My theory is there's tiny dumb women inside printers oh. printing everything and they're not on Wi-Fi yet. That is true. Yeah. And mostly they can read your mind, but when you're too far away. Yeah. 
there mu- there must be something up specifically with printers because like everything else that's like internet based or what like literally you can have Wi-Fi connected kettles now and you can like text your kettle and tell it to boil or whatever. What? Yeah, that's the thing. Smart kettles. Uh, and the fact that printers have not improved at all we've just like they like skipped that step where printers get good and now we're just like in a paperless society where you have like your online boarding pass or whatever Mm. so I think they're just moving us toward a paperless society because I think the printer knows something and they don't want the printer (laughs) to tell us the printer is the Illuminati yeah and now there are kettles that are smarter than us the printer (laughs) is the dolphin of office equipment in that like it's just much smarter than we think it is but it's being sort of like condemned it just can't tell us it is and it's getting how smart it is it's advancing at too fast a rate because it's like I can't put on print off my boarding pass but this 3D printer can print me a pair of shoes it's like I can't get on the fucking plane yeah if you get a new kidney the same exact shape as your current one yeah I think 3D printing should be a future episode because that boggles me it was probably invented by a man it definitely was (laughs) of course it bloody was so we've learned lots about candles and caterpillars and wi-fi um it's nearly the end of the podcast. No. I know. As you know, we have a smart lesson to round off the podcast every week. Um, last week we did how to write your first memoir. I think How's everyone getting on with their first memoir, by the way? I am just writing the acknowledgements first. Oh, good. Very mm. good. Who are you thanking? Um, Cheryl Sandberg. That's all I've written so far. Uh, I'm on page two and I've got up to you when... I was five years old. Oh, that's oh. fast, Tana. Which is too fast. That's too fast. Yeah, you got to go slow, man. So you got to start in the womb. But I can't remember it. I'm not smart enough to remember well, life no. before. What you got to do is like you can't tell the story of my life without telling the story of my mother's. Oh yeah. And oh, then you you rinse her backstory. Oh, yeah. Is what you do. Right, mom, coming over this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So the smart lesson for this week is about investment. Investment. Ooh, money. Money. More money, but for no work. So when you have your first business idea, it's important to find someone else to put money in to build it. Otherwise, you might end up with no business and no money as well. Um, So ladies, tell me, uh, you're both aspiring smart women. What are your tips for finding investment? Well, I actually remember a, a real tip from our uh, mutual friend and employer, Sam Baker, who was told uh, when she went to go and look for investment to um, find a man to bring with her into yeah. <laughs> into meetings, uh, which boggles my mind. So I'll be finding a man. And um, bringing him in. Yeah. And bringing him in, yeah. I think I'll call him Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Tim Stanley. Tim Stanley, investor. Tim Stanley of Morgan Stanley. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alex, what do you think? Uh, I've actually just heard that the best investment is actually just a really nice cashmere jumper from M&S or Next or somewhere sturdy, you know? Reese, J. Mm. Crew. Yeah. Mm. And no one ever has to know it's from M&S. That's true. I'll say it's from J. Crew. Yeah, if you get one of the upper end M&S's, like a proper investment buy, yeah. uh, uh, like a like a, a cashmere blend coat. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> In a neutral no colour. Can yeah. I ask, is an investment buy the same as a statement necklace? No, because statement necklaces can be cheap and say something shit. <laughs> I see. Like, statement. Yeah, statement necklaces are very transient purchases. Yes, I feel. live, laugh, love. Mm. So do join us again next week when we'll be talking about getting drunk. Why? How? Jaeger bombs. Where am I? Sleep. 
Why? Hard. For how long? TV on. Anna Winter doesn't do it. And windows. Glass? Or the operating system. How? Oh, is it the operating no, system? Actually. <laughs> so I'm so confused. Um, how do I clean the outside of them? We would like to just thank Harry Harris for our incredible jingles. A real life man. A smart one. Please do check him out. He is amazing and very talented because, as you know, behind every podcasting woman, there is a more talented man. Speaking of more talented men, our logo was done by Gavin Day, Talker Extraordinaire. Ah, famous Talker. Uh, and this podcast was expertly recorded at Soho Radio Studios. If you've liked this or you're listening to it on iTunes, uh, please do give us a review because it helps other people find us and also it makes us feel nice. I'd like you to all chant with me now. Cheryl Sandberg. Cheryl Sandberg. Cheryl Sandberg. Cheryl Sandberg. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.